everyone. Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. We're so glad you're joining us to hear another message this week. And we wanted to take just a minute to let you know that things are probably going to sound a little bit different over the coming weeks. Obviously, we're all living in the era of the coronavirus. And so we're recording our messages from different places right now. We are trying to stay out of our our building and off our campus. Uh, We're trying to honor social distancing and things like that. So we are recording from homes and from offices and from computers all over the place. Uh, So things may sound different, but we're going to continue to bring you message content every week. Uh, In addition, we want you to know that you can still stay connected with us even though we're apart. Head over to our Facebook page. You can join our Seven Runners Facebook group as well. Or go to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Uh, there you'll find some resources, ways that we can pray for you, things like that. I'll tell you a little bit more about those specifics after the message. For now, we hope that you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, Seven Run. It is an honor to be with you in this apart kind of way this Easter. And want to just welcome you to Easter. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For those of you who are regular Seven Runners, um, again, it's just an honor to do life with you. And thank you for all of you who are watching. And and um, and this has just been a share for you or, or an invite. Uh, we just want to say, again, we're honored that you're joining us for, for Easter. Today, I want to just offer a very simple message and just simply share with you um, what I feel the heart of God is for us this Easter. And that is for us to just say yes. The truth is, sometimes life just seems out of control uh, and more than a little hopeless. Uh, things are hard, uh, they feel bad, and when we're honest, it feels like we just don't have a lot of choices. In fact, sometimes it feels like we don't have a choice at all about the things that matter most. We live in a world too big, it seems. But that's the biggest lie of life, is that we don't have a choice. There's one event in the world that has transformed the power of human beings to live successfully on earth, and that is Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It isn't a fable. Uh, it isn't a fairy tale. It isn't a long, distant religious story that, uh, that belongs, uh, you know, formalized in stained glass. It is a living story, the very definition of a living story that lives on in the lives of everyone who says yes to love. I want to remind you that love wins when you let it. It's never too late for grace. It's never too late for us to to turn to God again and say yes to his love and to open our lives and our hearts and and our being to, to the power and the energy of the love of God shown in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's never too late to let God be the desire of your life and to let God be your life. Love wins when you let it. John 3.16, one of the most famous, well-known verses in the scripture, says, this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believed in him, you, you talk about a leveling of the possibilities of humanity, nobody excluded based on ability, nobody excluded based on, 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 on knowledge, everyone invited based on, on faith. And this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Those words, eternal life, those words shall not perish mean something. Perish is the Greek word apolumai, and, and it means to lose badly. 
It means to come to ruin. It means to die badly. And every bad ending that you can think of for a story of, of human living is covered in this one Greek term, apolumai, eternal life. Every good ending to every broken moment throughout all of human history, every turnaround story for every hopeless life is covered in these two words, eternal life. Eternal life is the force of eternity releasing the healing power of, of, of the kingdom of God in our broken world. And the great thing about both of these word, words are, they are they're both present tense realities. All of the ruin, all of the destruction, all the gravity, all of the downward pull that we feel in life, the sadness, the sorrow, the anger, the jealousy, all of that. Um, is not just relegated to this time alone. Eternal life has invaded all of the broken, and, and now love can win. Love can, can uh, you know, scatter the shadows, and, and, and light can illuminate all the darkness of this world. I want to read for you a story that, that is one of the greatest choice stories that I know of in Scripture. It's found in Luke chapter 23, and it kind of covers a chapter and a half. Luke chapter 23, verse 34 through chapter 24, verse 6. It's the story of those who were crucified with Jesus. After the soldiers had mocked Jesus, after everyone else had mocked Jesus, after the whole world had missed the significance of this turnaround event, one of the criminals in verse 40 rebuked him and and said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. I don't know what was going on in his heart. The very fact that, that he was crucified for a lifetime of bad, a lifetime of broken, a lifetime of hopelessness and, and disappointing parents and, and, and failing family, they're bleeding out on the cross. Anger and rage are, are just flowing through his heart. And in his dying hours, all that surfaces is more anger, more disappointment, more rage. That was his choice. But on the other side of Jesus, there was another criminal crucified. And he rebuked the other guy. Having a conversation with nails in your hands and, and your feet is an agonizing experience. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Guys, the reality is that the biggest lie in life is that we don't have a choice. Then Jesus said to him, then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. These stories are, are every human story cranked up to, uh, to, to level 10. It is the story of, of every person's pain and failure and brokenness displayed large, writ large for the world to see. It is the story of all of our attempts to build a world and to build a life come to a bleeding, bloody failure that, that ends in death. It is magnified. It is, it is crucified. It is, it is highlighted and, and exclaimed. And our story is represented in these two stories. 
biggest lie of life is I don't have a choice. And a lot of times it's more of a feeling than something that we actually verbalize. It is, it is a response to the accumulated circumstances of our lives and, and the times that we wanted something and didn't get it, the times that we were hurt and, and couldn't heal ourselves, the times we were disappointed. And, and, and over time, our hearts harden. And the reality is that, that even more than that, there's something inside all of us working very deeply and, and very hard to keep us God-blind. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 speaks of a spiritual reality that is true in your life, whether you recognize it or not. That the God of this age, the, the anti-God of this world, is working to blind us all, to keep us uh, uh, tone-deaf to the spirit of love and and, and blind to all of the, the, the love and the action and, and the reach of God. And it's, it's incredibly effective. Think about this story. Go back and, 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 and be there on the day of Jesus' passion. Of the thousands of people who were there who witnessed this event, those who were gathered around Pilate shouting that Jesus be crucified, those who were on the streets watching him carry the cross, uh, those who, who gathered and, and watched him be nailed, all of those people, only a handful had hearts that were open. Only a handful saw the unfolding choice that God was offering each and every one of us. The biggest lie of life is I don't have a choice. And, and there's so many of us right now who are living lives that are less than and are down and broken and hopeless and, and living in, in marriages that, that aren't what we'd hoped and, and, and living in, in careers that didn't go quite as high as, as we had imagined. And, and with all of this accumulated disappointment and, and powerlessness, we have quietly, many of us, come to the conclusion that I really don't have a choice Things really can't get better. You feel like your pain's too deep ever to be healed. That you're too flawed ever to be forgiven. That you're too worthless ever to be loved and, and too alone to belong and, and too helpless for anything in life ever really to get better. But the reality of Easter, the reality of, of what Jesus did on the cross and of all the the agonizing um, you know, experience that he went through, the, the reality of that is that we can have a different experience of life because of Jesus. And by faith in him, by saying yes to love, our experience of life in the broken can change. And it's not a case that the love of God eradicates all the broken now and transports us to heaven. That is a crock. But the reality is that love wins in the pain and in the broken and in the worth worthless. There is this transforming work that begins in us. The work of eternal life begins to, to overcome the work of ruin in our life. See, in Jesus, we've been given a choice. You've been given a choice. And there is no ceiling to your life. There is no limit to what you can become on this, this earth. Whether you're 16 or, or 86, there is no limit in the grace of God. Living a yes, living grace dependent to God, all of, of eternal life can flow through your life. And all of the apoluma, the ruin of, 
of this world, the, the death we've all been nailed to, it is all defeated in, in Christ. And we are empowered to live above the helpless lie that, I, that says I don't have a choice. That says I can't. I'm not. I'll never. I, I won't. The biggest choice of life is to live grace-dependent. The biggest choice of life is to wake up and to realize what's happened on Easter morning 2,000 years ago. Again, go back to that day and imagine all the people who saw Jesus going to the market, um, coming home, gathering their kids up, coming home from work. They, they saw Jesus and then went on their merry way, missing the reality and the relevance of his life. And most of us are doing the same. But this is how God loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever was willing to say yes, whoever was willing to say yes to love would, would receive eternal life and would not experience the, the downward flow of the destruction of, of death in their lives. And in the story of this criminal crucified, we see the possibilities of our stories and our anger and our pain. And we see the apex of our story. We see the culmination of our story. We see the top end of the arc of our story. And whether or not our answer in our pain is going to be an angry no to Jesus or a humble yes. I cannot imagine what was going on in the heart of, of each of those crucified thieves. Don't you fear God? We're under the same sentence. This man has done nothing wrong. There was a turning in his heart. There was a, a seeing of Jesus and the love of God that, that was a, a completely different transforming experience that, that was, was going to change not only his experience of these agonizing hours, but his eternity and, and his forever. And so he said yes. And, and I want to remind you that, that this choice that we've been given is not a choice that means we have to do or to earn or to try or to be good enough or to, to climb Mount Everest on our knees. The yes that, that love is asking for is a yes that, that is letting love in and letting love work in our lives. We don't have to do the work. We just have to be grace dependent. We just have to trust love and let love do its work in us forever. I want to say one other thing about the reality, the grittiness, the, the, the dirt and dust and, 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 and blood worthiness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is Jesus hanging in agony on the cross, bleeding out, as are the thieves on the right and the left. And this man has the faith to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Man, he made the choice that defined his forever. And of all the bad choices he made in his life, he discovered the, the reality that it's never too late to say yes to love. But I want you to notice something about his yes. In his yes, he was still in agony, in agony for, for a, a while, for, for hours on earth. 
And in every one of our yeses to God, there is likely to be a grace-dependent waiting. Jesus later would have a spear driven through his side to prove that he was dead. These two would have men come up and with a sledgehammer break their legs. And, and, and even though he had said yes to the, to the wind of love, he still had to trust the overcoming power of eternal life in the pain and through the agony. The promise of God rang through his heart every breath he took rising up on the nails in hope now. When he heard Jesus say, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. We can always say yes to love. In every moment, every story can be turned around. It's never too late. You're never too far gone. You're never too far down. Uh, you've, you've never sinned too much, wandered too far, uh, you know, done too little. It's never too late to say yes to love because God made a choice. We have a choice. And when we make this choice to let eternal life in, everything changes. I'm not saying it's all a yellow brick road instantly. There is still the, the, the experience of the nails. There's still the experience of, of the pain, but there is a joy and a victory and the power of eternal life flowing through every single moment, transforming and turning around, redeeming every dead moment into something new and alive. And on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared for a dead man, a murdered man, the Son of God crucified and laid hopelessly by all in a borrowed tomb. And when they went to the tomb, they found the stone rolled away. And when they entered, they didn't find what they expected. They didn't find death. They didn't find the, the wounds of destruction and the hate of this world, uh, you know, uh, you know, imprinted on the, on the body of, of God's dead son. While they were there wondering about all of this, trying to make sense of it, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But he said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. This is why we have a choice, because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Because love won, you can win. Because God loved, we can be loved. All we have to do to be loved and to have an overflowing, inspiring, uh, eternal flow of love in our lives is just to say yes to it. Because God loved, we can be loved in our brokenness. Because love won that day, we can win every single day by just saying yes. So I just want to say this. In the middle of everything that's discouraged you and defeated you and, and wounded you, in the midst of everything that's nailed you to death in this world, love has come to set you free in Christ. And the empty tomb is proof of the power of God to let love win in you. You know, you may have a thousand questions you want to ask God one day. But today, this Easter, God has one question he wants to ask to you. And that is this. 
will you in your pain, in your struggle, in your heartache, in your sorrow, in your need, in your uncertainty, in your fear, and in your anxiety, in, in all the need and the unknowns of your life, will you say yes to love? I want to just invite you to, uh, to, to email us at the address below and and if you'd like to have a conversation about this further, if you'd, if you'd like to, to have a, a personal, um, you know, just a journey of, of what it means to, to follow Jesus and to say yes to love, then just write us and, and let us know. And I just want to conclude with one simple yes prayer and, and, and wish you an Easter that, that changes your time and your forever. So Father, I pray that you would heal our God blindness. I pray that we would be able to see Easter and the cross for the turning point events that they were and are in our lives, our marriages, our homes, our health, in our pain. God, help us see Jesus. And Jesus, we want to offer you our yes today and invite your love in, giving you full control to change our lives, lead our lives, guide our lives, and use our lives to be your love in this broken world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this Easter. But I got to ask you, I got to be ask you, be honest with you. Good grief, what's it going to take to to rattle your world and your pride enough to to reveal to you you're not in control of this world? Isn't this virus in some way just uh, you know an, an in your face reminder that you can't control anything? Even the number of hours that you have to live on Earth, you're not in charge of that. You're going to die. Why in the world would we not reach for the grace of God and live? I tell you, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the answer for, for our life in the world, that God's vision is right, that I am broken, that, that I am without hope unless it's a vain and arrogant and, and, and lying hope that I create my vision of life. I am without a real hope in this world except the vision of a God who brought grace to life in Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge you today to, to accept grace. I think we've been getting it wrong as a church. I think many of us have taken grace way too lightly in our own lives. I think many of us are, are missing the will of God in our own lives and, and dismissing the will of God as kind of an option. No, God's vision of your life is for you to be a powerful servant of, of, of His grace in this broken world, that you have given up your life completely dead to yourself as Christ was dead in the tomb. And that you've experienced grace in a way that changes your attitude and your vision of everything, even of yourself, that you have been graced. And now that you're graced, you are willing to grace others. And, and once you were dead and now you're alive and, and you're alive with Christ and you're alive in Christ. Guys, that's got to mean something more than just playing church. 
It's got to mean something in a bad and a broken world, a badly broken world. It's got to, it's got to rise up inside of you and, and it's got to crumble your self-sufficiency and it's got to crumble the, the lies of sin and, and, and temptation and, and, and the, the illusions of satisfaction in this world. There's, there was a time in my own life when, when my world was broken on the rock and I'm so grateful for it. The scripture is true. Absolutely, when it says anyone on whom this stone, uh, anyone who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, and anyone on whom the stone falls will be will be crushed. You and I have the choice in this season, this Easter season, this season of resurrection and hope and in eternal life. We have the choice of humbling ourselves before God, of, of looking at the grace of God nailed to the cross and saying, "Oh my." God, what is going on there? Why? Why did that happen? And what does it mean to me? And what must I do in response to this Jesus? And I'm telling you, anything less than, than having your heart completely crushed and broken by the love of God and having your life changed so that now Jesus is in charge of it. It's not your life anymore. You have no right to marginalize Jesus and, and set him aside and, 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 and let him in on the edges and, and think that, that doing a little uh, church is good enough. That, that's a mockery. That's getting it wrong like all the people in Matthew 21 got it wrong. Jesus wants you to become a servant of grace and, and to live God's vision. And we can do that. You can become a powerful servant of grace. And on the other side of this, this virus, and there will be another side, and on the other side of our apart, and we will be together again. We can become the church of Jesus Christ as it was meant to be. We can become the grace of God that lives, even though we're broken and not perfect, we can live the love of Jesus in ways that, yes, it costs us, we struggle, uh, we, we cry, but, but, but we live a vision of, of, of what God has done for us on the cross, and it changes us. And, and by God, it should change other people as well. And so the choice of, for all of us today is a choice between our lives um, and, and a vision of our lives controlled by grace and love or by pride and, and, and selfishness. I want to remind you in your pain and your hardship and your uncertainty that Easter has come. And that on the cross, Jesus Christ beat all the bad and the broken in this world. And he gave us life because he gave us grace. What are you going to do with grace? I want to ask you, to the best of my ability, to receive his grace in a way that, that isn't just a little bit of, of patina on the outside, but it's you falling on the rock of Christ and Jesus wrecking everything in your life. Bob Goff said, your faith will will destroy every earlier version of you. And letting God do the work that he wants to do in you and through you and in your family and in your future. Fall on Jesus. Don't wait for the day where, where the, the judgment of God falls on you. Fall on Jesus. 
and let God do a new work in you. Let him make you new. Call on the name of Jesus and grow in his grace. You've got the time to do it. You're at home. (laughs) You've got the time. You've got the perfect field to begin your family. And on the other side of this, I believe we can experience an incredible revival an incredible new beginning as the church of Jesus Christ. We are that much closer to the time when the trumpet resounds, the skies are parted, Jesus returns, and he looks to see who lived God's vision. Let's be those people. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that in every one of your homes, that we would believe in the reality of what you have done in Bethlehem on the cross, And that we would see the reality of your vision of grace coming to life. Even though we put it to death, your grace came to life again. May we see the reality of your grace come to life as our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Messages podcast today. We hope that you are encouraged by Pastor Drew's message. And we want you to stay encouraged and stay healthy. And so we have a couple resources for you during this time of COVID-19, where unfortunately we have to be apart, but we are hoping that you don't have to be alone. So head over to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. That's all one word. There we've got a couple options for you. You can sign up for a prayer request. You can send a prayer request uh, for yourself or for someone else. You can also sign up for support, again, for yourself or someone else. And finally, you can sign up to be part of our response team. That team right now is working on setting up our building to be a food bank, as well as uh, setting up a time for us to hold a blood drive. You can, again, find those at sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Ultimately, we just hope that you're staying healthy, staying encouraged, stay plugged in, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Seven Runners Facebook group. Um, We're trying to put out content every day that will encourage you through this time where, again, we have to be apart, but we are not alone. Have a great day.